Alleluia. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this place. I thank you, Lord, that your word is like a hammer. It's like a hammer that breaks every rock in pieces. Those places, Father, that are rocky, that are hard. I thank you this morning that your word can break every rock. Lord, your word can break every mindset. Your word can break every obstacle. And we give you the thanks and praise this morning in Jesus' name. And while I was praying and just um, preparing for the service, and Hillcrest and Phoenix, if you can just bear with me for one minute. Um, Mark and Deline, I wonder if you can just stand. Just stand this morning. And the Lord said, I need to just give you two a word of encouragement. Um, you know, to encourage somebody is to put something in their spirit and just encourage them. And the Lord said to me that you've been going through a winter period. And during that winter period, God's been doing things in your life and be changing things. But what you haven't been seeing is that your roots have been going down. And your roots have been going deeper. And your roots have been going deeper. And I hear you, Deline, saying to Mark, Mark, we're just going to carry on. We're just going to, I don't know if you've said that to him. Have you? I heard, I heard you say, Mark, we're just going to carry on. And I want to tell you that God's seen your serving. He's seen what you do in this church. And he's been pleased with it. And it's gone up as a sweet smelling savor to him. And he said that tree that's gone down, that winter tree, that winter is now over. And don't say to him, we are in the month of May. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe or maybe not. He wants to tell you it's not a maybe or maybe not. Everything that he's promised you, he's going to do it for you. Amen. And then he showed me these trees. I wonder if you can put it up. That's what I saw, Delina Mark. Your roots went down, but that's the tree that grew. Amen. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning, I want to share something with you, and the title of my message is, Revival is in your mouth. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, revival is in your mouth this morning. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So in Phoenix, in Hillcrest, thanks for being patient with us. We're going to decree something, and we're going to get it into our spirit, because, you know, the enemy can steal your car, he can steal your TV, he can steal all sorts of things, but he can't steal the Word of God from inside your heart. He can't steal what you can declare. Amen. And so we're going to decree something this morning, and we can, can we put it up on the screen? And let's say it, Phoenix, let's say it, Hillcrest, come on this morning, all together. I decree that I am saved, I am healed, I am delivered, I am protected, I am preserved, I am made whole. And because Jesus lives, I can expect victory every time in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know if you want to take a picture of it and say that over your life, because you know what? If we don't say things and if we don't declare things over our lives, the enemy is going to start declaring things, and he's going to be saying things over our lives. So we need to wake up and say, come on, 
Revival is in my mouth. Amen. I'm not going to get let the devil talk to me. I'm going to talk to him this morning. Amen. And, you know, I just want to say it, and let's just put it out there. Jesus is the only solution to every problem. He's the only solution to every problem this morning. Amen. And I still believe that revival's coming to South Africa. I still believe revival's coming to Durban. I still believe that revival's coming to your house. I still believe revival's coming to your bank balances. Amen. Because revival is in your mouth. You are a revival maker. Tell your neighbor, I'm a revival maker this morning. Hallelujah. So some of you might know, what is this, might not know, what is this revival? And let me tell you what revival means. It means restoration, regeneration, resurrection, and improvement. Hallelujah. You know, I remember, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of revival that's happened all over the world. And there was like the, the Azusa Street Revival and many revivals that have broken out and they sort of break out and then everything comes to an end. And how many of you remember going to tent revivals? I'm sure many of you got saved in tent revivals. And I remember going to my dad's tent revivals and awesome healings and miracles. And, uh, but you know, we don't have to wait for a tent revival. Amen. Revival is living on the inside of you by the person of the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. So I want to just remind you because, you know, Durban Christian Center, Hillcrest and Phoenix and you guys here, do you know that you're famous? You're famous. You were all over the news just recently when the dome burnt down. You should just ask the person next to you, can I have your autograph? (laughs) Can I have your autograph? Because you're famous. I don't know if you knew that. But this church was born in 1979 at the height of the greatest time in this country when there was upheaval. But you know what? It was born in a time of revival. Amen. So that's awesome to know that this morning. So in Pastor Fred and Nell's house, there was just 18 people that got together and said, you know what? Here we are. We want change. We want revival in South Africa. And here we all are this morning. Amen. And we're here in Phoenix. We're here in Hillcrest. And it's awesome because revival is in your mouth. And in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 in the New Living Translation, it says, this is, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts that God gave you when I laid hands on you. And this is what Paul is talking to Timothy. He's saying to Timothy, Timothy, if you want revival, if you want to change the world, you've got to fan those flames. We can't wait for, you know, Evangelist Big Lungs to come and he hires a stadium and then, you know, everybody gets saved and then you don't see them again. No, God's waiting for you this morning. Amen. Revival is in your mouth this morning. Hallelujah. So Andrew Murray said this, and he was quite a famous author. He said, true revival means nothing less than a revolution. Casting out the spirit of worldliness and making God's love triumph in the heart. If sleeping folk would wake up, 
and all the lukewarm folk would fire up, and all the dishonest folk would confess up, and all the disgruntled folk would sweeten up, and all the discouraged folk would look up, and all the estranged folk would make up, and all the gossipers would shut up, and all the dry bones would shake up, and all the true soldiers would stand up, and all the church members would pray up, then we'd have revival. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But how many of you know that this morning we're going to just have a Holy Spirit temperature test here? You know when you go to, when you go to the doctor and you've got a temperature and he says, I want to take your temperature. Where does he put it? He puts it under our tongue. Amen. Because our confession and our mouth is very important, what we say. Amen. In the kingdom of God, we might think it's not a big deal, but in his kingdom, it's very important. And you and I got saved because we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. In Romans 10 verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord on the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. So we had to confess that. Amen. Because that's where revival started. When you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he came and became Lord of your life, and the Holy Spirit is now in you. Amen. And the Bible says he leads and guides you into all truth. So revival starts in our hearts, but then it needs to be in our mouths as well. So our life is at the mercy of our mouth. Our mouth is the rudder of our lives. Our mouth organizes and directs our lives. Um, don't close your mouth if you want your life to open. And I want to say this, and maybe some of you should write it down. Don't use your mouth to describe your situation, but rather use it to declare your expectation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't use your mouth to describe your situation, but rather use it to declare your expectation. So clearly, what we say in the kingdom of God is important. Amen. And you know, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, and he came out again, you know, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. The first place he went to was the temple, and he opened the book of Isaiah. Isn't it awesome that Jesus even read the Bible? He read the book of Isaiah. Amen. So he goes into the temple, and the first thing he does is he talks about himself. And he says in Luke 4 verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. So Jesus came straight out of the, the wilderness and he proclaimed something because revival is in our mouths. Amen. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this earth. So the world is waiting for us to go and be anointed. Amen. He's waiting for us to go and tell the poor the good news. What is the good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So today I want to just talk to us a little bit about our tongues and I'm going to talk a little bit, you know, James was actually the brother of Jesus and uh, the book of James, I like to call it the practical guide for Christian living and if you want to read it, it's an awesome book, I love the book of James and James 3 verse 1 to 11, it says, my brothers and my sisters, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment. Well, that's one of the reasons I don't like to stand up here and preach. For we all stumble in many things. So this morning, this is not condemnation, because the Bible says there is therefore no condemnation in Jesus. Amen. We all stumble in many things, and it's a process. Amen. God's working on all of us. So James says here, we all stumble in many things. For if anyone does not stumble in word, he is the perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they, that they may obey us and turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are driven by fierce winds, and they are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a very little member, but it boasts of great things. And then James says here, see how a great forest, a little fire kindles. You know, we can either fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives, or we can kindle this rudder that's taking us in the wrong direction, the rudder that's not taking us in the direction of the Word of God. Amen. And it says, in the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, and he's talking to brethren and sister in here, you know, brothers and sisters, Christian people. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles our whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set in fire by hell. Every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature is tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God the Father and with it we curse men who have been made in his, in his similitude. Amen. And, you know, it's amazing that we've all been programmed by the world to be negative. And what happens is, you know, we live in a world where everything is words. Words. Words are coming off your TV. Words are coming off banners. We're reading it on Facebook. Words, 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 words are, words are coming. And we can either let those words have been negative on us or we can say, no, I'm putting this in place of all that negativity. And, uh, you know, I, I, none of you did the sermon with me, but I'm going to say some things that the world says, and you're going to be able to tell me the end of the answer. And it's like if you say, you can't have your cake and Why can't you have your cake and eat it? Who told you? You know, <laughs> It's like, where do people get this from? Why, why can't I go and get a slice of cake and eat it? It just shows you how, how we've been negatively programmed. It's too good to be? Who told you it's too good to be true? This Bible is very true. Amen. It's not too good. This is true. If it can go wrong, it will. Can you see how we've all been programmed by the world? And you're laughing because... We, we all just, you know, we do it, this, this little member. Then it says, uh, what goes up must come. Why? 
why can't it just stay up? An aeroplane just stays up. <laughs> Don't count your chickens before they... Why can't you count? Who told you? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? The world has programmed us to be negative the whole time. And I want to tell you the most important thing, if you want to have revival in your marriage, if we want revival in this church, if we want revival in our families, and if we want revival in our mouths, it's important how you talk to yourself. Because you are the greatest preacher that anybody will hear. You'll hear Joyce Meyer and T.D. Jakes, but what you say to yourself will go above anything else. Amen. So in Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, Life and death are on the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And let me tell you what the enemy says about you sometimes. He says things like, I can't do anything right. Every time I get money, I lose it. I'm not good enough. I'll fail. I'm not up to the mark. I'm useless. It's impossible. And this is his favorite one. I can't afford it. Who told you you can't afford it? Huh? You can afford it. Amen. You can afford And oh, this is my arthritis. You know, this is my sugar. I'm just going to go get my sugar tab. No, it's not your sugar. It's the devil's sugar, and he's put it on you. And you need to say, devil, you need to take the sugar back, because by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed in Jesus' name. Because you see, this book is voice activated. Hallelujah. This voice, this book is made to be read, but it's also made to be said. Amen. So it's made to be read and it's made to be said. Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to stop saying what the enemy is saying about you. And the other day, I heard this in, in Phoenix and in Hillcrest. Don't laugh. I'm blonde. And I think funny ways because I think it's all the peroxide. And um, it's, <laughs> I heard somebody say, um, you know, at the end of the month, I just can't make ends meet. I just can't make ends meet. And I thought, well, you, why, why can't you make ends meet? You know, why don't you tell those ends? Say, you know what ends? I'd like you to meet somebody. Because clearly, you've been meeting poverty all the time. You've been meeting the wrong people ends. So, Enz, I'd like to just shake your hand, and, but I'd like to introduce you to somebody that's, that's in this word. Hallelujah. And I'd like to introduce you to Philippians 4 verse 19. And I'd like you just to say to him, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, and, you know, it said ends. So, this end, who's the ends, whoever the ends is, because you can't make ends meet, you better meet this ends with a miracle. Hallelujah. So, this, there's two ends because this ends, okay? So, that ends must have a cousin. Amen. The other end. You know the other end of the month when there's more month and no salary? And your salary is a bit shorter. That end, okay? 
Now that end, you need to also introduce to somebody. You need to say, end, you know, I've got to introduce you to somebody else. Amen. And that, that somebody else's numbers, 23 verse 19. For God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? And shall he not make it good? Hallelujah. You need to tell those ends that this book is voice activated. It needs to be read and it needs to be said. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just give Jesus a praise break this in Phoenix, in Eelcrest. Give Jesus a praise break. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, amen. So what we say about ourselves is important. Amen. And you know, we will never go beyond our confession. We can never go beyond our confession. So if you keep saying those things, you'll never go beyond that. So some of you are wondering, why is it not going well with me? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 3 verse 1, it says, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Amen. So he's waiting for us to say something. And if it's in line with the word of God, like by his stripes I am here, amen. He's waiting to perform that. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 verse 19, it says we're talking about speaking to ourselves. It says speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. That's, we need to speak to ourselves. Amen. Come on this morning. You need to fight for your life. You need to take this word and say, my children shall serve the Lord. Amen. I shall have a happy marriage. Amen. I'm the apple of God's eye. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Stop letting the devil lie to you this morning. Let's get our voice activated. Bible going this morning. Amen. So in Matthew 12, uh, 34 to 37... Um, and I'm talking about how our words are important. Jesus says this in verse 36. He says, but I say to you, and this is quite a startling um, thought, you know. He says, every idle, unproductive word that men may speak, they'll give an account for on the day of judgment. For by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. <laughs> Isn't that hectic? You know, one day when we get to heaven, you know, it doesn't mean you're not born again and you're not going to not go to heaven. But Jesus is going to say to us, you know what, or to me, he'll talk to me and he'll say, you know what, Joy, you did this and it was wonderful and you did that and it was wonderful. But you know what, it all counts for one big fat zero because down on earth, you said some very mean and nasty things down on earth. Isn't that, you know, you, you just let your mouth go and say all sorts of things. Amen. You know, you don't always have to be right to be kind. But kindness is the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So we always have to be kind. But you don't always have to be right. But let's be kind. Amen. Let's be kind. In Ephesians 4, 29 to 30, it's, and I love this in the... Um, TPT version, it says, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, 
But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others to do this by speaking words of grace to help them. And the Holy Spirit has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience the full salvation. So never grieve the Holy Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence on your life. You know, it grieves the Holy Spirit when we say words and we mean and, you know, we like brother grumpy pants all the time. You know, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens? He just lifts off your life. So if you want to be more anointed, you know, some people want to be like Benny Hinn, well, we've got to change the words in our mouths. Amen. Because you have revival in your mouth. Amen. Because you're a revival starter and maker this morning. Amen. Peter 3, verse 10 to 13. And I think we must listen to Peter here. Because, you know, Peter, he always was putting his foot before he spoke. I love Peter in the Bible. And this was before the book of Acts. And uh, this is what Peter says. Uh, This is after after Acts. He says, if you all want to enjoy life and favor and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil. Now, this is from somebody who I think he knew a thing or two. He denied Jesus three times. He was sitting around the fire, and he had to lie. And then he even swore to make them think that, you know, he's not a disciple. Amen. But this was before Acts. Amen. And thank goodness in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon him and it changed his way of speaking this morning. Amen. It changed his way of speaking. Amen. In Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16, you know, another thing that can stop the anointing and the presence of God in our lives is complaining. You know, some people think that Jesus died and then made them work in the complaints department of the church. You know, have you seen those people? They, they, they like, no, nah, they, they're in the complaints department. And, uh, you know, Sister Joy, the air cons, the air cons are just too cold. They're just too cold in this place. I just, I can't anymore. And, you know, walking from the top, it's just way too far. I, I can't come to church anymore. It's just, you don't have that problem in Hillcrest and Phoenix. But, you know, here, but don't worry, we'll soon be in the dome. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Every seat will be paid for as well. And, uh, you know, and, and we complain and complain. You know, God hasn't made any of us to be put in the complaints department. Amen. He's called you to be a revival maker this morning. There's revival in your mouth. And in Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as stars in the world, holding fast to the the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run my, my race or labored in vain. Amen. So negative words and complaining words, it's a bit like the flu. You know, they become airborne and then everybody catches it and then everybody starts complaining. But we need to speak words of encouragement. 
Speak words of blessing. Speak words of gratitude. Amen. Come on this morning. Because there's revival in your mouth. Hallelujah. The Bible says that anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Hallelujah. Wake up in the morning and bless the cat and bless the dog and say, this is going to be a blessed day because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. You know, when Jesus took five loaves and two fish, he didn't take the five loaves and two fish and wave them in the air and then suddenly all the baskets were filled. No, he didn't. He took the bread and he gave thanks. He blessed it and he gave thanks. You know, I think we'd have a lot more miracles in our lives if we thanked God for what we have. Maybe we don't have everything, but we do have. Take those bills and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm not saying thank you for these bills, but I thank you, Lord, that these bills are paid in Jesus' name. Amen. Because it's not going to help complaining. <laughs> Lord, thank you for my salary. It might not be enough, but God, you are the God that's more than enough. Amen. I'm not going to moan about my shoes and my clothes and whatever, because thank you, Lord, that I've got shoes on my feet. Thank you, Lord, that I've got clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord, that I can eat. Amen. Thank God for your wife and your husband in Phoenix and Hillcrest, even if you don't like your wife. Just, just say, Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my wife. And then... <laughs> And then take Proverbs 31, you know, and start speaking that over her life. Amen. Speak that Proverbs 31 woman over her life. You know, the Bible says that he can even make streams in a desert. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to open our mouths this morning. Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in the prison. And let me tell you, Paul and Silas, there they were just preaching the gospel being good men of God and whatever, suddenly they're thrown in prison. And you don't read Silas saying to Paul, oh, you know, Paul, oh, I'm just so tired of this ministry. Paul, you know, look, we were all just preaching. Now they've thrown us in prison. They've beaten us. They've done all this. No, he didn't. They were praising and thanking God, and the prison doors opened. Not only did their prison doors open, but all the prison doors opened. When we start thanking and praising God, it's the switch of faith. Amen. So stop switching the faith of complaining on, but switch the switch of faith on and say, God, I thank you this morning for my children. I thank you this morning that you meet every need in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it says, cast your anxiety and cares on him because he cares for you this morning. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. We serve a good God. This Bible is voice activated. Amen. Take it, put it in your mouth, because God wants to release a revival through you, amen, in this city, in this country, amen, and in your family, hallelujah. And I've got some homework for you to take home today in Deuteronomy 28, and uh, it's a beautiful 
passage of scripture, and we should actually read this every day over our lives, and you'll see how your situation changes, you'll see how your circumstances will start changing, and just some of it here, I'll read to you quickly, the Lord will set you high above the nations of the earth, all these blessings will come upon you, they won't only come upon you, they'll overtake you, amen, blessed will you be in the city of Durban, amen. Blessed will you be in the field, your job, hallelujah, the offspring of your body, your children, your basket and kneading bowl will be blessed, your bank balances, hallelujah, you'll be blessed when you come in, you'll be blessed when you go out, hallelujah, the Lord will command a blessing upon you and on your storehouses, and then it says here in verse 11, it says, the Lord will give you great prosperity. Hallelujah. Start reading these things over your life. Amen. Because this Bible's not only meant to be read, it's meant to be said. Hallelujah. And uh, I wonder if we can all stand this morning, and John, if you can come up, and in Phoenix, and in Hillcrest. And this morning, I just want to proclaim a blessing over you. I want to proclaim an encouragement over you this morning. Amen. And you've all heard it, and, but I'm just going to declare it this morning over you and over Hillcrest and over Phoenix. And it's found in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. And it says, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give Jesus a great big God bless you. God bless you, Hillcrest and Phoenix. Amen.